Welcome to The Inscape. My name is Tanya Nelson and I'm here with special guest Tayant Nelson and we're taking a deep dive into my book The Inscape. Today we're going to dive into chapter three. This is a fun one because I think this is where things start to get real and I think the first meditation does a great job of walking us through a very brief version of what it feels like to start feeling the pain of what it means to ask deep, big questions in our lives. Yeah. And asking who am I is, you know, the ultimate question. So it's not a small question. And in order to, in or, whenever we ask big questions, I think, I think the part that we don't uh, fully anticipate is the uh, letting go and the pain of what that really will look like. And we talked a little bit about that in chapter two. And and this this uh, chapter really goes into a lot of what causes that pain. And so much of it is the doubt that we start to feel. And I love in the first meditation how uh, it first starts talking about the how tired we are from the first phase of our, our lives and, and going on this journey of of the first phase usually ends up being the the time in our life where we have done everything that we've been taught to do and that we've been programmed to do. The part of the meditation where we talk to the the traveler that comes by, I think is such a good representation of doubt. What do you think? Oh yeah, for sure. I think that's probably why, like you're saying, this is the first chapter that things really get real is because up until this point, we've had a little interaction with, like, the outside world. Um, in the meditation in chapter two, I believe there's, um, there is an interaction, but it's very supportive where this is more questioning. So I think this is the first point or beat in the story where that's, where, um, you know, the established beliefs and logic of this world and this concept that we, that you've um, put together is, is tested. And yeah. I think that's reflected even as we go into your story in the next chapter, which is so beautifully articulated um, and really captures that in a kind of a real life scenario. Yeah. It, uh, you know, as we go into chapter three, it's, it is where I can definitely start to feel the pain of when uh, the, the title is the lies that we've been told. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting because yes, we are, we have so much programming as children um, of all the goods and the bads and the rights and the wrongs and and here's your roadmap to be valuable and successful and worthy of of love and all the things in our lives and so we have all this programming and it is interesting because like I said the first phase of our life we usually end up and I'll speak for myself personally I by the time I asked who I was I I really had checked off almost all of those boxes. And most of my clients that come to me, this is this is the point in their life where um, they they say, you know, I'm, I think I'm having a midlife crisis, mm -hmm. you know, and it's kind of funny that that we that we articulate it like that when in all reality, we all have these midpoints in our lives where we have we have traveled this road and we have done most everything. I won't say everything, but most everything that we've been taught and programmed to do. And so at this point in my journey, um, you know, this is this is where we go back and and I'm able to really look at the where these lies started and and where I believed certain things about myself. And specifically, you know, the one that that I'm I'm able to articulate here is where I believed that 
I needed another person in my life. And, and it walks it walks through where as children, we don't always, um, we're not lacking as much as we, until we start believing these lies. Mm-hmm. And so it's just interesting because I was a very independent child. I was the youngest of seven kids. And, and I remember, you know, going into my imagination every day and feeling whole and, and, and pretty much just, uh, all around really happy and independent. I never really felt like I needed anybody. You know, my parents were older and my siblings were older and and there really wasn't a lot of codependency that went on for me. And it wasn't until this point that I had gotten into high school that I remember believing that that this was the path and that it was time to find somebody else to complete me. And then if I didn't have somebody, right, if I didn't get asked to the dance, if I didn't get asked... Um, you know, if I didn't have a boyfriend, if I didn't, you know, that somehow that was going to start to define me and and my value and my safety even in the world. So it was at a point where I think I started to believe that I wasn't okay on my own, which was very interesting when I started to really ask the question, who am I? And I had to really go back and start to look at um, who was I even as a kid and what were the lies that I had been told? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Where would you say like the foundation of that? began like how did those seeds get planted yeah it's a great question I think that they get planted um like I said I had seven siblings so I watched so many of them get into relationships and leave Mm -hmm. and you know um and I think that played a role in it and and watching everyone start those you know that phase of their lives and so I was doing a lot of observing and watching um you know I would say that religion was probably one of the biggest parts for me. I was a very, uh, we were very religious growing up and it was uh, integrated and weaved into every part of my life. And so um, this idea of finding your person and your other half and 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 not really even passing a test until you did was, was a big deal. And that was, that was part of a lot of... Um, of what I, you know, I believed part of the path was and the, the programming was, was, was weaved into a lot of things, you know, and every, every TV show that I watched every, you know, right. I think just like everyone, you know, you, you start to, to believe just the, all the fairy tales and the stories. And, and of course, not many stories go past the, the point of, you know, what they say happily ever after is, and that's just usually right after the wedding, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yes. So, so there was a lot of programming, I think, in my subconscious about that. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's, it's a very widespread narrative, yeah. this idea. It's interesting to think about, you know, as I watched you kind of craft some of the story together for the book and um, put, like, articulate some of these moments. It's interesting to look at where... Um, a lot of this doubt originates because as we move into the next chapters, as you know, they're go- like going into the observer and this idea of witnessing our own lives and things like that, like awareness is such a big key. At what point do you think that kind of came into the picture of when you really started to notice these things? Because obviously we, we pick two kind of fairly unconscious parts of your life. Yeah. But at what point would you say like the awareness came in and you really started to realize these lies? Because I don't, I don't know if we exactly hit on that moment um in this chapter yeah it's a that's a great question um I think that I think that I started to feel like most people do like I said kind of those points in my life where I I believed I was supposed to feel something different inside of myself Mm -hmm. and so it's always that feeling of like I can I can feel something's missing 
right? And because I believed that I wasn't whole or that I was going to get love from another person, I, I could feel that empty feeling or that searching feeling that was going on and something felt like it was missing. And so um, I think the awareness came from the, the, the pain, I would say, or the discomfort from not feeling like I had arrived or that something was missing or the separateness that I know now, the separateness from myself. I had, um, I'd also been taught and shown, you know, by my mom that in, in order to be loved or in order to be in this, you know, this relationship or to be whole, this, there was a certain way you had to show up. And so one of the other lies that we talk about in the book is, is I, I believe that I had to uh, play this role of perfection. And, you know, I mean, as you know, it, it looked a little bit like the 1940s housewife, you know, and I believe that I had to be what I believed the perfect wife was and the perfect mom and have everything put together. And, and, you know, I was also working full time and, you know, just burning the candle at all ends. And so, you know, the awareness came from feeling like I was doing everything outside of myself, you know, putting everything into action and yet still inside really feeling like, you know, I wasn't receiving the, the payoff for that you know the the yeah yeah observing like the disconnect yeah exactly yeah Yeah. it's interesting because the way you start the book is is um kind of laying the groundwork for this almost circular structure because searching like you're talking about is such a big theme Mm -hmm. um in your story and you know subsequently in the book um and a lot of the point of the book is to reach this arrival point this destination at the end of a journey um but as we both well know, that's 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 a very illusionistic because it is a very circular journey. Yeah. Would you agree with that? <laughs> I mean, and it's so interesting because it's circle beyond, you know, inside circle. There's so many yeah. layers, right? So even in this chapter, there's this circular moment of, you know, returning back to my my younger self and really going back and looking at where where I believed something was missing and where this all started and 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 really going back and, and looking all that. So yeah, I would say that, you know, you ask where the awareness came from and it wasn't until, you know, later in life, but I had in order to find it, I had to circle back in into my childhood as well and and see, you know, where where these patterns and these beliefs started to come from and what was I missing? You know, mm-hmm. where where in this program did I go quote unquote wrong? You know, so asking who am I and and I had been told that it was supposed to look a certain way and then not really feeling like I had received that was was part of that um, beginning step of that journey and you know to the meditation and and you know to the this chapter's credit I think that we talk a lot about the doubt that comes in when we start to do that circling back and and how am I supposed to believe my younger self? You know, <laughs> you know, she's not the wisest, you know, smartest. I clearly have been on the journey. And and I think there's there's some interesting thing that, things that go on with ego there as well. And yes. and I don't think people really look to our younger selves for answers the way that, we you know, we maybe could. I think the end of this chapter is a really good one to really consider these full circle moments and how far we get out from ourselves along the journey. And and as we're listening to all of this, you know, 
programming and all is we're searching for things outside of ourselves and we're checking off the boxes, you know, we're moving farther and farther away. And, and I think this, this, you know, the circular motion of, of looking at our lives is so important because as we move farther and farther out from ourselves, that's the journey back is, is coming back into the inscape, coming back into ourselves and realizing that all the things that we had been searching for and all the lies that we had, you know, been told and all the things that we believed we were going to get from outside sources, you know, it's that circular um, motion that comes back into ourselves as well. And I love the beginning of the book where it says, or the beginning of this chapter where it says um, that, you know, it should be exploring the inscape should be the easiest, most natural thing in the world. Connecting back to ourselves should be as intuitive as breathing. After all, this is where we find the essence of who we are, the core of our being, the foundation of our existence. It should be easy to return back to ourselves. And I think this is uh, a great place to, to realize that this actually is a very difficult journey. And it doesn't make a lot of logical sense that returning back to something that is so natural would be difficult. And it's it's fascinating when, you know, we talk, you know, I think there's a lot of buzz around doing self-work and self-love and all the things that go along with that. And it is quite the process to be able to circle back and learn who we are and, and have... Um, the source of everything we're looking for inside of us. And so this chapter does a good job of starting that narrative of that.